Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hi, this is Richard and Linda Ayer. We are here today with two amazing young men who are our 12-year-old grandson twins. And yep, they, they just are turned 12. Great. Their names are Oliver and Silas. Say hello, boys. Hi. Hi. Yeah, can you tell the difference? Now, this first one is going to be Silas. Say, hello, I'm Silas. Hi, I'm Silas. And? Hi, I'm Oliver. So we had a little trouble getting uh, the recordings uh, set up today on our computer. And these boys just downloaded a bunch of new stuff for us and got us all going. Would you guys say that you know a little more about uh, technology and electronics than your grandfather? Probably. (laughs) I'm afraid they do. So um, we've been having a little talk. Where where have we just been, boys? We've been at the Blue Lemon talking about this topic. Yeah. What have we been talking about over there, Oliver? About three words. Prejudice. What's the opposite of prejudice? Starts with a T. Tolerance. Tolerance. And we've been talking about sameness and the opposite of that is starts with a d diversity diversity and i've been asking these guys if they have um any instances where they run into people that are very different than them and what did you tell me guys i told them that um for like people that were different from me i'd tell them that i like your um persistence in that topic. I want to know more about it. Exactly. They they both decided that when you see a Muslim woman dressed in a, a black thing with something over her face, if you're if you're a prejudiced person, what might you think? Uh, um I would probably say like, why is this person here? Yeah, why is she like wearing that. like this weird thing over a face yeah exactly but if you were if you were a tolerant person and you like diversity what would you say Oliver? i'd say hey i, I might want to get to know you more because it's a very interesting thing that yeah. you're with something i haven't seen before right so if you had to choose between sameness and diversity how many would vote for sameness zero how many would vote for diversity everyone everyone because it is so much better, and we wanted to use you guys to introduce the topic today because we're going to be talking about how important it is to teach kids how great diversity is and how wrong prejudice is and how important it is to be tolerant of everyone. Does that sound like a good topic? What kind of a world do we live in, guys, same or diverse? We live in a diverse world. How many different kind of insects do you think there might be? Like hundreds. (laughs) How about millions, right? Mm -hmm. Everything on this earth is pretty diverse and pretty changing and pretty wonderful. So Grammy and I are going to do the show, but what would you like to say before you go in to uh, play on your computers? Just that if there wasn't any diversity in the world, there would only, there wouldn't be like anything it would just be bland. Be a little boring, wouldn't it? Yeah. And Oliver, for your last thing, if you were to say one thing to all the twelve-year-olds out there on this subject, what would you say to them? I would say that um, 
if you see like someone that's different, talk to them. Don't avoid them. Very it's, good. It's not like they're going to hurt you or anything. Fantastic. In the words of 12-year-old twins, you just got today's topic. Thanks, now, guys, guys. Go in there and enjoy your gadgets, and we'll join you shortly. <laughs> <laughs> they are a lot of fun. They are absolutely identical. And uh, I have to memorize what they're wearing when they get up in the morning so I can call the right kid the right name. They are so <laughs> much alike. And they don't seem to care when you call them the wrong name because they're so used to it. Yeah. I mean, I'm Silas. <laughs> call him <laughs> Oliver. I'm Silas. <laughs> yeah, uh, if, if any of you have twins in your family, you know how, how much fun they are. And you also know if they're identical, how early they figure out that they can use this fact that they have an identical human being in their advantage. Like one will distract you and the other one will do something mischievous behind your back. <laughs> they traded uh, classes last year for April Fool's Day and their teacher finally caught on. Yeah, so we've got a few gadgets going on around here today. So if you hear anything, you'll know to just ignore it. But it is, it is interesting. We, we had a different computer and we usually do this broadcast by Skype. And we didn't have Skype on the computer. And so this little 12-year-old guy, in just a matter of maybe, I don't know, two minutes, downloaded it, got it up there, put a new password on it, and and said, okay, it's ready to go now, Grandfather. <laughs> don't we all feel like that? If, I mean, maybe not all, because we're talking to a lot of techies out there. But um, as grandparents, we love it when our grandkids or kids are around to help us with our gadgets. Yeah, we really do. So so anyway, this is a pretty serious subject, I would say, Linda. We're talking about diversity and tolerance, and I don't know, there were some things that happened to us this week that made us feel some concern. I don't know how I don't know how personal we should get. What do you think? Um, we were actually, I, I guess I can say this much, we were in a, uh, a lesson on Sunday in a, in a church meeting where... Um, you know, they're seeing, I, I want to say it in a way that's kind and tolerant, <laughs> Right. but there were some members of the class who um, really felt like we just have to be aware of certain large, broad groups of people. And in this case, it was Muslims. And, uh, you know, there were other members of the class who were pointing out, you know, there are uh, well over a billion and a half Muslims in two the world. Billion. There are two billion. Close to two billion. And isn't it a tragedy if we paint them all with the same brush? And then there were others, frankly, in the class who said, well, but they do believe in Sharia law. They do believe that the, the government and the religion should be mixed. They do, they do say things like death to infidels. They do, they do have part of their theology and their religion being that uh, those who are not Muslims should be killed. And there, there were some really radical things being said. And I guess our, our problem is, or our perspective is that we've spent a lot of time over the last three or four years with Muslim families. And we cannot tell you how wonderful they have been. It's absolutely incredible what happens when you are immersed in a culture. Now, of course, we're seeing a slice of the Muslim world that a lot of people haven't seen, which is sad. I mean, I think the sad part is that there is no uh, general voice. There are hundreds of thousands of imams who are like 
Mormon bishops who help their their congregation and do a great job and are wise and so on. But there are also some really radical ones. Um, we haven't run onto him, but that's all we see in the news. Well, and, that's true. And, and it, I think you make a good point, Linda. There's no central voice. There's no church headquarters. There's no place that can issue statements and say things. But say things like, this isn't us. Please, please be tolerant. We are good. I mean, it really would be great if we could hear that more for, often. But for us personally, I should just share this, I guess. And again, I'm trying to keep from getting too personal or too oriented to one particular aspect of tolerance. And our main, our main goal on the show today as we progress through it is how do you teach children to be tolerant rather than prejudiced? But I think I should say that... Uh, in many of our conversations, sitting in the homes of Muslims in, in the Middle East, we've, we've heard over and over people say, well, you know, we're so embarrassed by the extreme elements of our faith and of our culture who are radical and who are terrorists. And, and they, they are so far from representing the, the broad group of us as Muslims who believe in peace and, and are very much... Uh, anxious to find commonality with the rest of the world. And, and we, you know, we would leave a lot of these meetings and say, you know, there's so much commonality there. I mean, here we are as Mormons who are similarly embarrassed by small fringe groups who might practice polygamy or do other extremist things that are not representative of the entire body of the church. And so if there's anyone that ought to be tolerant and ought to understand this this business of having a, an extreme element that embarrasses the rest of you, it ought to be us. So that's what got us thinking this yeah. week about this subject. And how do children relate? To well, it? I before we go into that, I think I have to say Muslims do have fun. And that is never shown on any media. When I when we were in Saudi Arabia one time, I was invited to go to a wedding and the wedding was attended by 500 women who were all dressed in black abayas going into this beautiful gold-leafed domed building uh, who the father of the bride had gold-leafed with his oil profits. And it was <laughs> amazing. And I, they just invited me. I said, I, I didn't bring any wedding clothes. And they said, oh, it's fine. Just bring any, just wear anything. So I went in with black pants and a red top with, <laughs> with, with all with, these 500 black women. Without a face without an abaya, or a scarf or an abaya. Uh, but the minute we got in the door, everybody checked in their abaya, abaya and you should have seen. Once the doors were closed. The gorgeous <laughs> fashions, Paris. Um, Rome. It, I don't know where they got them or how they do it, but they were absolutely stunning. You could not find anything that beautiful, even at an inauguration ball or anywhere else. Well, from my side of the story, I'm back at the hotel room and it's now four in the morning and Linda still hasn't come home. And I'm realizing she went out without a headscarf. She's probably in a jail somewhere. She's probably <laughs> been picked up by the police. And I'm worried about it. And you finally got home about five in the morning. Oh, and that's yeah. just how long the wedding well, yeah, lasted. They just started at 11. They picked me up at 11. Um, I was hit by a drunk driver on the way. Now, go figure that. Uh, that guy probably was in prison. but He probably was. Um, I was in a big Mercedes. No problem. But interesting. All night. They were so kind and welcoming to me. They they Some of them got up on the stage and danced and so on. And then... There was a half an hour when the men could actually come in, and everybody went and got their abayas back on, 
the, the husbands, the fathers, the parents, the grandparents came in. They had a little stage show where they actually exchanged rings with this gorgeous bride in a white dress. It was so beautiful. <laughs> You're really living your I haven't memory. thought about this for a long time, but it, I mean, it, they had fun. So, they so danced all, all night. So all of that is by way of introduction to this very serious and interesting subject. How do we teach our children to be tolerant, to actually enjoy and celebrate diversity as opposed to having narrow-minded attitudes and and uh, and feeling a certain degree of prejudice. So let's take a brief break, and when we come back, we'll we'll try to present some ideas or some thoughts on how even small children can learn at an early age how wonderful diversity is and how and 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 develop kind of a natural tolerance that will stay with them. For the rest of their life. Yeah, and some way to expose them to some things and help them think about things. Even that little breakfast this morning was really fascinating with these boys talking about it because there were some things they just didn't realize. We'll tell you a little more about it. We'll be right back after this break. Ayers on the Road. Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back. Um, we're talking today about a different topic. We haven't talked about this before, but we've been particularly concerned about it for two or three reasons this week, about diversity and about prejudice and about the importance of all that. Yeah, you know, when you we live in an interesting country, those of us who are in the United States, in the sense that we're becoming uh, more and more divided geographically. I read an interesting study the other day, Linda, that that we tend to live in certain zip codes and we don't associate very much with people in the other zip codes. And, and there used to be more cross-pollinization. You might, you might be a, a, an executive class, but in, at church you'd be with the working class or you'd meet them at the hardware store or whatever, but there's a greater and greater separation. And with that comes a greater and greater danger of kids growing up sort of being used to one type of person and one type of look and one race and one one language pattern and so on and and becoming intolerant and critical of others who are different than them and, and none of us want that for our kids none of us want that in in children and and it, you know the sad thing about it is it, it comes from adults because kids on their own are pretty well colorblind. I mean, they don't really see race. They don't really see differences the way we do, but they pick up prejudices because of things they hear adults saying. I don't know how many of you saw this on social media this week, but there were two little boys. It looked like they were about four years old. And uh, there was a little black kid who had his head shaved and there was his best friend who was with him, wanted to have his head shaved. And then we thought, well, that's cute. And they then they said, so that we can be twins. Nobody can tell us apart. And then, here, and then they had these little black and white faces right by each other, totally bald, thinking no one would notice that they weren't like twins. And I think so often we don't really um, tell our children how important it is to be um to be open to other cultures and other people and, and to have these good friends. And we just had breakfast just a few minutes ago before the show with these two twin 12-year-olds of ours. And it was so interesting because we were around them quite a lot, but not like their parents are. And we wanted to just sort of test out how they think about different things. And so I said, hey, boys, what if you were, you know, what if right now a, 
a woman walked in dressed in black all the way down to her feet and she had a veil over her face and you couldn't see her face and, and uh, uh, what would you think? And and uh, the little Silas just said, I'd think, oh, cool. Oh, cool. I'd, I'd like to know more about her and why she's dressed that way. And I thought, perfect. That's the way we ought to think about diversity. Well, I've been thinking about how important it is to share our feelings with the kids, especially um, if they're feelings of inclusion, because I just read a book this week with my book club called Where the Wind Leads. And it's about a Chinese family living in Vietnam during the Vietnamese War. And wow, did I learn a lot about what happened. I mean, we were um, in high school and I was, beginning I was trying college to avoid the Vietnam War. The That's Vietnam all I knew War. is I didn't want to go there. Yeah, I know. And it, ah, honestly, I learned so much. Uh, finally, the communists came in. This is the same story all over the world, Burma, Syria, wherever. It is amazing. And I learned so much about those people and those good people who were just had a lot of money. They had an empire, a rice empire. And by the end, they had absolutely nothing the clothes on their backs. So the best way to go about this with children is, frankly, just to get in discussions with them. It's an easy discussion to get into and to ask a lot of questions. Like just now with these boys, we were saying, you know, what, what, do you know what diversity means? And, and they did. They said, you know, that means and not everything's the same. And, and they like talking about nature, how many different kinds of insects there are, how many different kinds of flowers there are, the diversity in the world. And then we said, well, do you know what prejudice means? And they kind of knew. And, and they both had a negative impression of that word, of course. And then we asked them what tolerance meant. And they kind of knew. But we just we had a good time. We just played little role playing games with them. And it turns out that kids are so smart. And if you give them a chance to sort of think about their own beliefs and would it be good to be afraid of people who are different than you know, well, would it be good to be interested in them? Could you maybe learn some things from them? Yes. And, you know, it, it's awakening in kids minds this appreciation of diversity and so often, I'm afraid we do just the opposite. I mean, I, I know there's a need to, to warn kids and to make them safe. And there's big things on stranger danger and on not talking to someone unless you know who they are. And I think, I think all those things are important to protect our kids. But I think we carry it too far sometimes. And if we're not careful, we create fear in children by sort of having an edge in ourselves and say, be careful don't, you know, watch out, don't talk to strangers. And, and that's okay. But if we, if we add to that, this kind of discussion of how, how most people in the world are really good people, and the fact that they're different from us makes them even more interesting. And we ought to ask them questions and get to know them. And I think those two things can be integrated and, and, and mixed. Well, it's interesting, because one of our daughters we talked about last week is living out on a farm. Uh, in California, 140 acres, kind of isolated, and they're homeschooling. And so uh, we, when we went in last week, we had a chance to share what we'd learned that week. And we'd just come from London, and I mean, it just happened to be that we had visited our youngest daughter there. And I'd learned so much about William Wilberforce, who was the force behind ending slavery in, in England, in the British Isles. And I just shared that story with them. I, I think so often we just don't have time to talk about 
things like that. We're just, we've got to get them to their lessons and do what we need to, but we have to literally focus on, I'm going to share with my kids what I'm learning. And it's not, doesn't always have to be about prejudice and diversity, but that's a good thing. That's a good place to start. It really is a good place to start. For example, this morning at breakfast, we were saying things like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to describe something to you. And then you guys tell me what you would think if you were a prejudiced person. And then Tell me what you'd think if you were a tolerant person. And it, I mean, it just shows how natural this is to kids when you get them in a discussion. For example, I would say um, we're sitting here in the restaurant and in walks a guy who who's really messy and his hair is not combed and he hasn't shaved and he looks kind of dirty. And so what do you say if you're a prejudiced person? And they, they were actually pretty good actors. They They're were like, really good. Oh, what is that guy even doing in there? Who let him in? And what's wrong with him? And doesn't he know that he smells? And they were just, they got kind of into it, you know? <laughs> okay, now what do you think if you're a tolerant person? And they thought for a minute and said, gosh, I wonder, I wonder if that, I wonder if that's a homeless person. I wonder if we could help him. I wonder, I wonder what. I wonder what his life was like when he was my age and he was 12 years old. I wonder, I wonder if he even had a mom and dad and they, it was just beautiful to yeah, see their minds great. working in, in that channel. So I guess what I'm saying is I think all kids need a lot of times is a chance to sort of conceptualize in their own head, uh, what it is to be tolerant and, how, how wonderful it is to be interested rather than fearful of people who are different than we are. You know, I just, I think sometimes it just doesn't occur to us um, that our kids may be developing some, uh, some wrong ideas at school. Um, we did ask these boys, they go to a charter school in Ogden, Utah, and um, we asked them, you know, are, is there diversity in your classroom? And they said, well, no. He said, <laughs> well, are there any black kids? No. Are there any Chinese kids? No. Are there any Vietnamese kids? No. No, but there are. But see, there but, are Hispanic kids. And what I thought was, what I thought yeah, was interesting Hispanic. about that is that they don't perceive, among their peers who they're in school with, it's just like what you told earlier about a black kid and a white kid shaving their heads so they'd look exactly alike. Kids in their natural environment, especially preschool kids, don't they don't perceive differences. They, they yeah. perceive commonality. Yeah. And, and it's, it's like, remember the one time when we, <laughs> we were on the Oprah show, uh, some years ago and our little boy, Eli, who was about what? He was six seven, or seven. seven or eight. And we were talking about Oprah afterwards and we, we somebody mentioned, mentioned, somebody that, mentioned was, that Oprah was black and, and Eli said, what do you mean? Oprah, what, what, what Oprah's was she, black. Was she black? <laughs> <laughs> he had not noticed because kids don't really they're colorblind in that wonderful way and they and that's why when we asked them is there diversity in your school among your peers they don't think of that because they're just their friends you yeah know? yeah that's right and and really it's probably the first time it's ever occurred to them or to think about it which is so good i mean i'm sure it's not that way in center city schools we are so concerned about what's going on and Chicago and many of our, our cities where there's violence and so on because of prejudice. And wow, I just heard a, a little thing on the radio yesterday on NPR about uh, somebody, a gang member who had been in prison and came out and decided he was going to help 
uh, dissuade people from, you know, their violence. And he, they'd stopped like seven murders and, you know, that's, that's on the extreme side, but, but you could see how these kids have grown up with such huge prejudice that any little thing that went wrong, they're just going to kill somebody. And part of that is parenting and part of it is just really a misfortunate and unfortunate. And you know, you, you learn things yourself when you're trying to have this kind of conversation with kids. For example, I started out today, Linda, thinking that I wanted these two boys to conceptualize that the the opposite of prejudice is tolerance. But as I, as we got further in the discussion, I realized that in their minds, and this taught me something, the real opposite of prejudice is empathy, where you really are able to think in the in the right. way of other people. And so one of the things, this is what I want to kind of end with today, honey, is one of the things we that's uh, an obligation for parents and for grandparents is to expose their children to diversity. Take them to places where they see and interact with people that are very different than they are, whether that's right. going to a soup kitchen or whether it's going on a on a, on a little trip somewhere where there's a, a very different neighborhood than what you're used to. Yeah, you know, we took our kids often down to the homeless shelter when they were little. And when I went in as an adult, I just thought, oh, this is going to be a whole lot of crazy people and this is going to be really hard. And actually, there are some people that are mentally disabled, but most of them are just down on their luck. And I left there thinking, oh, Except for the grace of God, there go I. And if you get kids in conversations with people who are different than they are, that clicks a little thing in their brain. And suddenly they realize, hey, we're all people. We're all here because of our background. And and we could all be exchanged in the other place of the other person. And that empathy starts, starts to develop, which is the real... It's the real safeguard against prejudice. Yeah, it really is. And even when we see people on the street... Um, who are needy and asking for money and we're told to tell them to go down to the homeless shelter and um, they'll take care of them. It really is hard not to, in fact, sometimes I do like to stop and just talk to them about their lives and it's just so fascinating. And if you have a child with you, then that, that your example speaks louder than your words. So thanks for bearing with us. This is a subject of great importance Think about it yourself and figure out and analyze, are your children as tolerant and as empathetic as they should be? And do they appreciate diversity? And if not, do some work and help it to be a reality. So we hope that you'll get that a thought and we'll do the same. And we'll see you again next time on Ayers on the Road. Have a great week. 